I'm Jade. And I'm Shauna. And this is Wellness Speaks. A podcast about functional medicine and healthy living. Hey guys, welcome to episode 10, Wellness Speaks to Coach Laura Wall. Laura Wall's journey to wellness began with dance, fitness, and continued as she became a certified strength trainer and nutrition coach. Most recently, she has been developing her yoga practice with devoted time for discovering about the chakras, vibrational energy, and the laws of the universe. Last year, she completed her intuitive coaching certification with the Feminine Wisdom Academy and now focuses on integrating her training to coach her clients holistically through their body, mind, heart, and soul. She works individually with clients of all ages and genders to teach them about the sources of nourishment. She loves engaging with small circles of women, tapping into their natural strengths of compassion, collaboration, and mutual empowerment, and frequently conducts workshops at women's retreats. Welcome, Laura. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you so much for having me. I'm delighted to be here. It's really great to meet you. We're really, really thankful that you agreed to join us this morning. Um, this is probably kind of random, but before we jump into our discussion, I want to talk to you about frozen ponds. Um, I know that probably sounds <laughs> kind of weird, <laughs> but so... No, but we might clue <laughs> in the, the readers, I mean the readers, the listeners that um, we're not just uh, gazing out the window. <laughs> yeah, so we bought a house in July and it came along with a very dilapidated and abandoned pond that we have resurrected. Um, but I have never been a pond owner before and this one actually has some fish in it. They're just little goldfish. They're not the big koi. Um, but anyway, so it's frozen over right now, about like three or four inches thick, except for this really narrow hole where the water feature is still running through. Um, but the other day you posted a photo on your Instagram about your pond being frozen over. So I felt this like instant kindred spirit in you because we both have frozen ponds. Um, you still had water lilies that looked like they were alive or maybe they were alive until recently, maybe before the freeze. Yeah, so we don't well, have any plant yeah. life in ours yet. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, as you know, Texas um, does not pay any attention to calendars or seasons. Right. So whenever it wants to have a few days of summer, it just does, or a few days of winter, it just does. And so, yeah, um, we had water lilies blooming through, probably through November and December, and then most recently it froze over. And um, we do have fish also. Um, and so just depending on how hard the freeze is, how long it is, whether is whether or not the fish survive. So we've had fish Aww. survive freezes and we've had our plants survive the freezes. Awesome. Okay. Cause I'm yeah. hoping that my fish will survive. They, we had, yeah. we had like a pond guy come out and that was his official title. He's the pond guy and he cleaned it out <laughs> for us. And you would not believe the things that he found in our pond. He found about 10 of those D batteries, those really big ones. He found roofing tiles oh and roofing nails and shingles and um, pottery and broken dishes. And <laughs> was... Oh, my goodness. Were there fish in there at the time or did you yes. add the fish? There were two fish when we moved in. Aww. And about six weeks after we moved in, there were about 10 fish. And then about two or three months after we moved in, there were about 30 fish. <laughs> Wow. And then when he came and cleaned it out, 
Um, not all the fish survived. So we were down to, I think, about like 18 fish are what survived. But the two original ones have grown, and they're about six inches long now. And apparently goldfish will just grow to whatever size container they are in. So, um, yeah, I'm hoping that they that they survive. Anyway, so I love that you have a pond. I like talking <laughs> about so ponds because cool. I know nothing about them. I'm like, how, I, do, how do I take care of my pond that I inherited? <laughs> well, I, I will give you pond advice. Allow Mother Nature to take care of your pond. Yes. That's what we've done, and she is an, an amazing tender of ponds. Yes. So all the leaves that drop in, all the things that drop in, they need to be there. It'll create its own microsystem, um, and the fish... My husband gets pretty sad when we lose fish. We have a heron that visits and eats all the fish. Oh. This makes him, it makes him crazy, <laughs> which I try to remind him, circle of life. And also, he puts bird seed out for the other fish. So I'm like, well, you put bird seed, I mean, the other birds. I said, you put bird seed out for the red wing uh, blackbirds, and you put fish out in the pond. Why is the heron in trouble for eating <laughs> at the oh. buffet? <laughs> So I think herons are my favorite bird. I love herons. I love herons. They're really cool. So, uh, so yeah, just remember that PetSmart has plenty of fish Lots and they're 11 cents each. Uh, 11 okay. cents, people. Fair yeah. enough. Fair enough. <laughs> Good advice. Well, y'all are making me want to have a pond. All right. So um, getting back on topic a little bit. So as, <laughs> as chronic diseases continue to rise every year, there are just not enough practitioners and not to mention time given by the physicians and uh, or the time that the insurance companies will allow. So this is where widening the scope of wellness practitioners to certified coaches and nutritionists become important and even ideal. Yeah, I think that health coaches can be a really, really great addition to a person's team of wellness experts. You know, I know that as a clinical nutritionist, uh, my forte is not necessarily going to be about going into detail on how to change or create habits. Um, my time with a client is spent going over lab work, making recommendations on what to change, but not necessarily how to make those really vital changes. So I think this is where the expertise of a health or wellness coach can really be of service to people. Yeah, I agree. So Laura, can you please go into more detail of what exactly a health coach is and what are some of the different certifications or training that a health coach might need to have? Yeah, Jade touched on it a little bit there. There's a, there's a, a really nice divide between the scope of practice for each of those kind of two areas. So we have people that are trained as in they have gone to college, they have gotten degrees, they have taken tests and they have um, credentials, and they tend to do things that are more like along the lines of what Jade was talking about, where they are diagnosing and they are treating um, disease with nutrition. Uh, and so they have protocols that they're giving to the client, whereas the health coaches um, make a nice companion to that. We are the folks that help the client march out the why, I mean the how, the how they are mm -hmm. going to do things. So we are the ones that coach them on a weekly basis or maybe a monthly basis and um, help them figure out how to implement the changes that have been given to them and uh, showing them, you know, different techniques. Um, to me, it's a, I think of it as two parts. 
um, kind of like the, the first part is um, the science, and then the second part is the psychology. And so we are helping people make those changes and implement them in their life so it becomes sustainable. Sure. Uh, the, the different organizations that I'm most familiar with that I would recommend if someone said, you know, I, I want to become a health coach. Um, I would suggest uh, the ones I'm most familiar with are the Institute for Integrative Nutrition. Mm -hmm. And that one um, presents a lot of different nutritional theories and explains why each one works, when you would work with a client with those. <clears throat> and so I, I've, I've looked at that for myself. Um, I feel like that gives people a really broad view and it gives them a lot of tools for their toolbox in terms of being a practitioner. So then they are able to receive the client wherever they're at. So if someone's coming to them and saying, um, I'm a vegetarian or I love paleo, then they can understand what that methodology is about. Uh, the other two that I like are the Institute for the Psychology of Eating. And this one really helps address what I think is the piece of the puzzle for most people in nutrition that's tends to be looked. Um, it addresses the psychology, why we do the things we do, and it helps the client look at their own process very gently and look for those, if you will, kind of weak links, links in the chain. Um, so it does address things like emotional eating, but m almost all eating is emotional eating. Um, we, <laughs> the very, if you think about it, our very first experience when we were perhaps held by a mom is we didn't have any words, right? We didn't have any language. We just had this warm, wonderful creature feeding us. Mm -hmm. And so food became love, love became mother, mother became food. And so we made an emotional connection with food initially. So their program is fantastic. I've, I've got a, a fellow friend coach who has been trained in that and she shared a lot of the, the wisdom of their different methodologies. And then my favorite one, of course, is going to be the one that I got um, certified in, which is Precision Nutrition. It is a company out of Toronto, Canada. And I love them because they combine science with the psychology. So they have uh, about 12 years of uh, results and data that they have been um, collecting as they have been coaching clients online. And then they took all of that science and data and they created a curriculum to train coaches and I like it because the people not only the how to implement things but there are people that are really curious like okay I understand I need to eat protein and I understand I, I need to eat a little bit at these different meals but why why do I need it mm -hmm. so there's a lot of um, there's an education piece there that the, the coach um, is able to deliver to the client. We're able to teach them a little bit more about nutrition in a, pardon the pun, digestible format. We're able to explain a little bit about why they need to do the things they do. And it gives them a lot more buy-in as opposed to just being sure. told directly, do this, do this, and this is going to make you better. But right. we do have some folks that get curious and they want a little more depth, um, and it helps with the behavioral changes. Yeah, and that's so important for a lot of people. Yeah, I think understanding that. like the why behind you're doing something makes it um, you've got a little bit more salt in the game that way, I think, mm -hmm. as opposed mm -hmm. to just being given instruction. So mm -hmm. um, yeah, for sure. since a lot of the people that come to you are likely dealing with health and medical issues that people you know might not want shared, are you bound by HIPAA or are there some states, you know, I know that 
for nutrition specifically, because Sean and I both deal with this where we live, like in, I live in Oklahoma and it's a freedom to practice state. So literally anyone in Oklahoma can decide that they're a nutritionist, whether they've had training or otherwise. And (laughs) this prevents, Mm -hmm. presents a problem for me when I'm trying to make people understand that I'm actually a credentialed, certified, educated clinical nutritionist, but for health coaches, are there, is there a difference in like state licensure for health and wellness coaches where you live? Or do you know, like, kind of how that varies from state to state? I know for Texas, um, my scope of practice is very clear. I am not allowed to diagnose or treat any type of medical condition. So if I have a client that comes to me and says, hey, I'm diabetic, I need a special diet for diabetes, I'm like, awesome, let me refer you. (laughs) Now, if I have someone that comes to me and says, I'm a diabetic and I'm going to work out and I need to change my nutrition Um, and I kind of know what to do. I just, I'm not sure where to start. Then that's my kind of client. Then I say, great. I have a habit based whole food eating, uh, program that I'm going to take you through slowly. And all of those things are applicable to anyone. And so again, they would be able to merge whatever their doctors told them, you know, if they have a limitation on how many carbs they're supposed to have per meal as they're starting to learn the lessons through. Um, the curriculum that I show them, they're able to adjust that. So the curriculum that we have, when we give it to people, I remind them, you know, this is a recipe and we're experimenting to see Mm -hmm. how it works with your body. And then you adjust it. So some people come in with those adjustments already made by their medical practitioner. And so this is nice. And one reason why I think health coaches are so important because so their doctor might've given them some sort of eating protocol, but what if that doesn't work for them? they certainly are not going to be able to make an appointment with their doctor the next week or maybe even the next month. And they're definitely not going to be able to shoot them an email and have it answered or call them or text them or something. And that's kind of something that a health and wellness coach does, right? Is makes themselves a little more available for if they're like, Hey, this just, this isn't working for me. We need to tweak this. We need to adjust it. They can come in and see you a little more quickly. Right. Yeah, I've worked with clients in person. I've worked with them online through um, an online platform, a coaching platform. And then I've worked with them in kind of a a combination of the two. So if I have a client that, let's say, one of the habits that we're practicing is protein at every meal. And so they start practicing this and they're like, oh my gosh, I'm having some digestion problems and my stomach hurts. And yeah, they're not going to, they can't call the doctor and say, can I come in for, you know, a tummy MRI? Um, (laughs) But they can shoot me an email or shoot me a text and say, I'm having trouble with this habit. And we're able to discuss a little bit and have them either stop the habit or back off or make an adjustment to it. Because um, one of the ways that I practice is um, I remind my clients, number one, your body is your truth. And being so, it has wisdom, and mm-hmm. it is going to share that with you if you're listening to it. So when they present something like that, I'm like, okay, your body doesn't like something about this habit. So what is what is your feeling? What is your intuition saying? And sometimes, you know, they're a little, I don't know, I don't know. But if you give them a little yeah. time, they do, they do know. They have the answers. They're like, well... I think 30 grams of protein at breakfast this morning really upset my stomach. I think I should back off. There you go. Let's try backing off. Um, And again, that coach is there to encourage experimentation 
um, and being curious and keeping an open mindset about the process. And I think that's pretty confusing to people uh, when they first start working with a coach because most uh, of what I've seen with um, like personal trainers, I'm a personal trainer also, we tend to tell, we educate and tell Mm -hmm. and doctors are that way too. They're like, here's, here's what's wrong with you and then here's the medicine to take care of it. And coaches are more collaborative. We're like, well, what do you think? Well, how did that work for you? Well, what did you observe? Well, what data did you collect? Um, well, what is that showing you? Do you see a pattern? And involving the person in the process. And initially, that's kind of startling to the client because they're like, well, what, what do you mean? I, I have an opinion that <laughs> is involved? Well, yeah. But really, but that's, that's so important. That's is. so important for them, yeah, yeah, for them to be in tune with their body, to know what is happening and to feel the changes and feel the differences. And I think it's part of that empowerment. You know, we talk about in functional medicine, how part of that, the healing process um, is both empowerment of the client and the practitioner, because, you know, I feel, I feel empowered when I give somebody knowledge that empowers them and they're like, they know what to do with it and they know where to take it and implement it in other areas of their health. And you know, like I've, and I've said this before, my goal is not to have somebody continue coming back to me month after month, year after year. I want somebody to learn how to deal with what they're dealing with and then go away and, and have that empowerment and that knowledge. And, um, yeah, I think that's, that's like what you said about, um, that your, your body has wisdom that it will share with you. I think that many of us have lost touch with our intuition and with that inner voice. And so, you know, having someone that you can go to that kind of helps you find that again, I think is important Mm -hmm. on a journey to wellness. Yeah. One of the best pieces of advice that I've ever gotten from a, a mentor and I strongly recommend mentors for everything. Um, you know, and coaches, um, we all need someone with, uh, some eyes on our page to help us, you know, understand it a little better. Um, but the thing that she told me when I first started coaching, because like you're saying, I felt this huge responsibility to my client, like, Mm -hmm. Oh my goodness, these people are coming and they are talking about their life with me, their life force, the food they're putting in their body to help them feel better or to help them, you know, get a better workout or to build muscles. Oh my gosh, that's a, that's a big responsibility. And so I was very concerned about getting it right, about figuring it out, (laughs) about, you know, uh, you know, nailing it down for them. And my mentor said to me, no one needs to be fixed. No one is broken and you are not the fixer. They have the answers inside of them as a coach you you walk alongside them you guide them with your own experience watch out don't step on that rock be careful over there there's a cliff but you also let them have their own experience and you observe it and reflect that back to them and in that they start to learn about what does and doesn't work for their body and they know what's going to work for their body best so as opposed to being a director being more of a guide um, mm-hmm. so I, we would really like to hear a little bit more about what led you to choose to become a health coach and, um, kind of to add to that is health coach, your like technical title. And if not, um, what is, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the, the, the world of 
wellness and fitness has lots of um, titles and credentialing. And so I always, um, I always kind of giggle when people ask me what I do, because I like to make up different descriptions for it, <laughs> depending on who I'm speaking with. Um, so uh, one of the things I'll tell people is um, I help them achieve ease and joy in their life. And then they're like, Oh, my God, what do you do? <laughs> you know, makes it sound like maybe, maybe I sell some really, really good drugs. Yeah. Um, my journey began in a place of non-joy. So my journey began with chronic depression. And I used to think that chronic depression was about, um, part of it is about nutrition and, and definitely part of it is about lack of movement. Um, and I thought a lot of it was hormonal and also hereditary. And there's certainly those factors, but that led me to a crisis point where I realized I had I had to do something, and I was very thankful that I had a friend who she and I were kind of in the same place, and we both agreed to be each other's kind of accountability partner, and we started this process that was not, we're going to lose 15 pounds by Friday and wear a black dress and all of that business, but rather, <laughs> we just wanted to feel better in in whatever way that presented itself we we kind of detached from the outcome a little and i think that was very helpful mm -hmm. and so we both started some sort of movement she went off to yoga i went off to zumba and that's when i um rediscovered i, I remember the absolute moment when i was in the back of the room dressed in baggy clothes and with my two left feet um, saying to myself, oh my God, what have I got myself into? I'm not good at this. This sucks. I can't breathe. And then all of a sudden, this feeling came over me with the music. And I felt a feeling I hadn't felt in so, so, so long. And I, it took me a while to recognize it. And it was joy. It was joy. It was getting reconnected back with my true self with something that brought me enjoyment, which was music and dance, even though I was doing it not so wonderfully. That's um, definitely something that a lot of people have, have lost, like their joy and just finding mm -hmm. the things that bring them that joy to you and mm -hmm. making yeah. them feel good. Yeah. And from there, I, I started as a, a fitness instructor. I got way into Zumba. I had a full wardrobe of every bright color made. <laughs> and then eventually I started observing the process with my body where it had stopped making changes. And I, I didn't I didn't understand why. And so I decided um, I needed something else to understand it. And so I decided um, I knew that it, lifting weights was really good for your bones, really good for your metabolism. And so I decided to start lifting weights. And when I get into something, then I end up, you know, reading and researching and became a trainer. Um, and as I became a trainer and I got done, I was like, wait a minute, um, I'm going to tell people how to build muscles, but that's not just in the gym, like you can't make biceps out of burritos. I mean, you sort of can't, but abs um, are made so in the I realized, kitchen. Yeah. I, I realized I needed another component. So I, yeah. I started um, training to become a, a nutrition coach and same thing. I like to learn experientially. I like to learn as the client. So um, I finished certifying as a personal trainer. I was working through my certification as a nutrition coach and I hired a personal trainer and I became a client of Precision Nutrition and got coaching by one of their coaches. So I immersed myself in both. And uh, what I came to learn from all of it was there's different ways to approach health and that some people 
everyone needs a different um, doorway. Mm -hmm. So there's no, there's no right way to get started. Um, so some people need the body. So moving your body. And again, I realized with, with the personal training, that's really important to move the body. When you move the body, you move the mind. When you move the mind, other things start happening. Um, with the nutrition, I realized it wasn't about the food. It looks like it's about the food. It looks like it's about calories in, calories out, and macronutrients and all that. But there's another component to that. It's not just about the food. There's some things behind it, and a lot of it is what's going on in our mind and our mindset and our approach mm -hmm. and habits that we have in our house, emotional components that affect how we eat, when we eat. Um, and so through both of those, I started to realize I felt like I was kind of getting it wrong. I'm like, oh my gosh, I kind of just thought humans were, if I just helped them with their body, things would line up. But we're so much more than that. So I realized um, there was a piece of the puzzle for me that was missing, and that was the spirit part. And so I didn't feel like I could coach my clients as they were, which is a body with a mind that is imbued with a spirit from our creator without bringing in an approach that would that would be able to address all of those as the client was ready. So that's when I um, also got a certification as becoming an intuitive coach. Yeah, body, mind, spirit. That's definitely the holistic approach and so important. Mm -hmm. So I think many people can definitely relate to not feeling fully connected to their purpose in life. And I know many people have trouble seeking that and it can lead to many doubts and negative feelings as well as like depression. Um, like you mentioned, so mindset is so very important. Like you just talked about. Um, and in fact, we covered this topic in episode six, if listeners would like to go back and listen to that. So, um, yeah, uh, we also mentioned at the beginning of the podcast that there is indeed a growing need for wellness practitioners such as the health coaches due to complexity of chronic diseases and health conditions um, like you mentioned diabetes and all of these are constantly on the rise so uh, could you maybe go into a little bit more detail on this matter and explain why the health coaches are such an important part of the integrative system of healthcare? which we've kind of touched on that a little bit, but sure. maybe just go into a little bit more detail on that. I think part of what's going on, and this is, you know, again, just my opinion, <laughs> there's many out there, <laughs> is there's two things going on. First of all, we are flooded with an abundance of choices and information. We've got doctors, we've got Google, we've got Siri, we've got the internet, we've got our great friend who tells us the truth all the time, Facebook. Um, we have so many food choices, we have so many food theories, we have food protocols, um, we have popular diets that I think that that can sometimes paralyze or overwhelm the average person about what the heck do I do? Um, then the other part of that is like, you were mentioning before, Shauna, is the disconnection from our body's wisdom, the disconnection from ourself, the disconnection from that small, still voice that is within every one of us. Mm -hmm. And a lot of that has been um, through technology, which are, there's really great things out there that are super helpful, but it has put us in the space of depending on others' opinions, others' ideas, 
and devices, whether it's a Fitbit or whether it's, um, you know, something on your phone telling you um, how hard you should be working or when you should stop uh, your exercise. We have outsourced and we have delegated away all of our choice about how to care for ourselves. And like I said, it can it can look very overwhelming to try to figure out where to put your little toe in this giant waterfall of information and you know devices that are uh, and programs that are set up to help us. Yeah. So I think absolutely. The, the piece of the puzzle, you know, with the health coach is it one of my um, I'm a visual person and so I like a lot of word pictures. So what I tell my clients is I want you to bring your big bag of tangled yarn with all of its knots. We're going to throw it out on the table and you and I are going to look at it together. <laughs> and having a fresh set of eyes on that process, we're going to look at those knots. We're not going to yell at the knots or blame the knots. I mean, some of the things that have happened in your body sometimes are the body's protection. We're just going to look at them and see, do they serve a purpose? Um, you know, the ones that are super tight, we might not start working on those. We might start on some of the, the looser ones over here. Um, and having a coach that's alongside of you and helps you look at that without judgment and find what is the easiest spot to start. Where Where is the toehold? Where is the shallow end of this giant pool that is the care and feeding of my wonderful human body? Um, and then that's where we encourage people to start is that teeny yeah. tiny part. Well, and, and encourage I, them, disregard, don't worry about the other stuff, disregard for right now. I think too what you said about <clears throat> depending on, you know, the internet or or anyone's opinion really or an app or whatever it is to tell you how you should be eating or how you should be working out is, um, you know, it's, we understand within the last, you know, 10 or 20 years that people are not biochemically identical and so um, a diet or an exercise plan that works really, really wonderfully for one person might be a complete disaster in the body of another. And two examples yeah. that I always use with clients um, is the ketogenic diet and high-intensity interval training. So, oh, yeah. you know, and this is geared specifically towards weight loss in this discussion, but the ketogenic diet works really well for a lot of people. However, there are some people that simply do not thrive well on a low-carb diet. They just don't. I am one of those people. Um, if, if I eat too low-carb, I will actually gain weight, and I will feel like I'm dying. And it's not keto flu because I've done it for <laughs> months at a time and <laughs> still felt horrible. <laughs> so, um, And the other is high-intensity interval training, which is something that works really well in my body, but I know plenty of people that don't. And then with the rise of autoimmune disease, high-intensity interval training is absolutely not something you want to do when you have right. something like lupus or if you have adrenal fatigue or thyroid issues. Itch. I mean, it's a hellfire breaking loose in your body to train like that. So I think it's, you know, when somebody has these issues, but instead of looking for guidance from someone that's knowledgeable about it. They're simply going to the internet and like letting, you know, the larger percentage of the population tell them this is the right way to do things. Um, I think, I think that just leads more to that disconnect because they're like, but keto works for everybody or hit works for everybody. Why doesn't it work for me? There must be something mm -hmm. wrong with me. And that feeds into that 
I must be broken mentality. Yeah, yeah that negative self-talk. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So, and Go ahead. Oh, sorry. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say uh, in, in tandem with that, uh, you know, when if if people were able to cultivate the idea, and again, I think this is where health coaches are really great, cultivate the idea that everything is an experiment. Mm-hmm. So what I tend to have, um, I am nutritionally agnostic. Um, so that means that I believe all That's nutritional protocols. <laughs> yeah, I like that. <laughs> all nutritional protocols have their place. They're all available. And like you said, because we're, um, we have bio-individuality, our bodies are designed a certain way. Um, you know, those big diesel truck or those big trucks we see in San Angelo, they run best on diesel. Even though gasoline is a viable means of fuel, you wouldn't put that in those big trucks, right? Yeah. Um, so that's what I remind people is everybody has a certain blend of things that's going to run their body really well. But if we were able to help the client start looking at, instead of figuring out what is the right thing that everybody's doing, it must, yeah. it must be right for me. What is the right thing for me? So mm-hmm. when they approach it as an experiment, we're going to remove the idea of getting it right or wrong. And instead, we're going to become objective and collect data. Yeah. So what I tell people is there's no failure. There's only feedback. Or I tell them, fail and fail fast. If you... They'll say, well, what do you think of um, ketogenic? And I said, I think it's great. Well, do you think I should do that? I don't know. I'm not in your body. (laughs) And, yeah, so I'll ask them, would you like to experiment with that? Well, and I think that's... We could experiment with that. Yeah, like you said, the experiment, this, like, self-experimentation thing is what I think a lot of people um, in the functional medicine community refer to as biohacking. And it's just biohacking your own, it's hacking your own biology and finding, Mm -hmm. doing these self experiments of, you know, like, um, I read the Mark's daily apple and like Mark Sisson and his wife do the, um, where they'll, they'll both eat the exact same diet, the exact same foods and do the exact same workouts and see how they Mm -hmm. feel different, like from each Mm -hmm. other and Mm -hmm. report back on it. And it's really interesting because, you know, first of all, it's a male and a female, but also gender aside you think about you know they're typically in the same environment more or less Mm -hmm. every day and so it's just really Mm -hmm. interesting seeing and they even run their own labs as well yes like they run lab work as they're eating that certain diet and as they're doing their exercise program and the lab work shows differently like the changes up and down Mm -hmm. because Mm -hmm. yeah yeah it's it's really fascinating. fascinating I wish that I had yeah, helping, the ability to helping, run my own lab work on take some myself. Of... <laughs> you are a clinical nutritionist, yeah. I can tell. <laughs> you like yeah. all the data. For yeah. sure, for sure. Um, yeah, so... we can remove some of that right and wrong language from, yeah. you know, wellness. I think that helps people approach it differently. And it, it does help them experiment and look at it a little more objectively. Um, because what they're afraid of is they're not going to be right. Mm-hmm. right. Or they're afraid of when it doesn't work for them, that confirms they're broken. That sense of and failure. that's how, you know, that's another reason why the health coaching is so important and so vital in the whole aspect of wellness and getting, getting healthy because they need that accountability, accountability. Like a lot mm-hmm. of people really need that and just need someone to take them through the steps and, like on a weekly, even bi-weekly, however it works. Um, so how do you work with a client? Like, can you kind of walk us through 
just kind of what do you work with them online? Do you work with them only in person? Um, and just kind of what that looks like for you. Uh, currently I have two different ways that I work with clients. So I do work with them individually. And so an individual will contract with me and we will talk about what their needs are. So maybe they need exercise programming and, or they need nutritional coaching. Um, and maybe there's going to be some other things. Like I said, that holistic intersection where maybe we're also going to talk about mindset or their spiritual practice and how that helps support them in the other things that they're approaching. And we would work, um, usually we meet online, um, like in a format like this on Skype or by phone, um, or in person and we would have a conversation. So they're going to have, um, I've got a curriculum that I usually take people through that takes them through things as habits. And as they are assigned a habit, they get to kind of choose how much or how little of that habit they do. We adjust it. Uh, I tell them, adjust the speed for where you are today, where you are in your lifestyle, what's going on. And then we check back in and discuss how it went. And part of that process is they're kind of, like I said, they're bringing their observations to me and we're looking at it together because I think it's really valuable, not just the accountability part where, okay, I paid this person money and they're supposed to be helping me and I'm going to show up and I've got to show up. But the other part that I think is really helpful to them is that other set of eyes on your paper. So mm-hmm. I have clients that will come to me and they're like, oh yeah, I did really terribly this week. And I'm like, okay, tell me how you did terrible. Well, I didn't do this and I didn't do this and I didn't do this. And then I'll say, okay, well tell me about last week. Tell me about Um, tell me about all that's going on. And so we start talking about all that's going on and then I'm able to hear and see things that they're not. And I'm like, so you're telling me that after that super stressful meeting with your boss, you went to lunch with all your coworkers, peer pressure, and you still made a really incredibly healthy choice for your body. And then you went back to your office and meditated. Uh, hello, that's a breakthrough (laughs) right there. That's incredible. Um, because you talked about how much peer pressure usually affected your eating. And you talked about how when your boss stressed you out, you used to go to your desk and eat some Oreos um, and look at the choice you made in the face of that. So sometimes it's highlighting things that they're not seeing as progress when they're in the midst of nitpicking all of the data. Well, there's a whole bunch of bad data. Well, there's mm-hmm. always good data. There's always bright spots. Um, the other way that I work with clients is online in small groups. So um, usually... Um, with the online, in person, I will work with male or female clients. Online, I generally just work with women. So with a small group, similar, but they're going to have the added benefit of community. So they uh, will start going through the curriculum of nutritional habits. And again, sometimes um, everyone has decided or I have offered that we're also going to have an exercise component um, to it. And some people elect to do that exercise component or they do their own thing. But we will go through the nutrition uh, habits together. And within that format, we will discuss them. I'll post videos. I will offer additional suggestions. They'll be able to interact with the other people in the group. Um, Sometimes we'll hold online meetings through um, uh, a format, again, kind of like Skype, where everybody can see everybody. And that, to me, is one of the most powerful areas for change because... My voice and my information are limited, and my experience is limited. However, when you get a collection of people 
there are multiple experiences. There's multiple approaches of how things were addressed. And there's also that unity of we're all in this together. Like I thought I was the only one that was really struggling with this thing. Oh my gosh, there's three other people who not only are struggling with it, but they've found some solutions. And one of those sounds good to me. So there's that, there's a a greater body of knowledge and support um, available to them. And so uh, with the online coaching, a lot of times people are like, well, how do you do that with, you know, exercise? How do you do that with nutrition? There's just, again, there's a lot of amazing technology out there that uh, allows that information to be conveyed. So I've got some incredible software that delivers daily emails on someone's phones. They're able to pull up and look at the information in their email. They're able to read a little lesson. They're able to do a little journaling there. They get a video. Um, uh, I'm sorry, they get a exercise uh, workout that's assigned to them and then they can look at all the exercises they can adjust them well I need to do it at home I need a home workout oh I I need a short workout my baby's sleeping and I got to get in a 20-minute workout I can't do an hour (laughs) so there's some flexibility in the software as well to adjust for people and people really enjoyed that Uh, so do you work with do you work with other practitioners that your clients might be seeing um, to create sort of like a fully interlinked plan for the client? So just for an example, so if Shauna and I were seeing someone and this person was trying really hard to implement the um, changes that we were telling them they needed to do, but they were just having a hard time with their goal setting and with breaking things down and we like referred them to you with their plan, is that something that you that you do like working with other practitioners? Absolutely. I I feel like, um, in this particular instance, the more cooks in the kitchen, the better, (laughs) um, because there's, there's more, there's more eyes on the data and the outcomes and the behaviors. And then we're not in a vacuum. It's not just one person, the client looking at their own stuff. Um, but everybody is helping each other. Um, look at it and 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 get some ideas about how to help the client progress. So certainly, um, there's a lot of wellness folks in our community of San Angelo, and we've recently formed an organization. So we've gotten a lot better connectivity. So if yeah, I have great. a client that comes to me and they're like, "Well, I'm really struggling with this," then and I know it's outside of my scope. I'm like, you know what? let me give you a name. And I really think this person would be great to add to your team. And that's another hard concept for clients to adopt, especially Mm -hmm. women. Um, I don't know where we got the crazy programming that we're supposed to do it all ourselves, (laughs) but getting more people on your team, getting more support, you know, even if some of these people on your team, you only see them every six months, maybe Mm -hmm. you see a chiropractor, you know, every two months, but having more people involved in your um, healthcare, it can only be better. I think I agree. I absolutely agree. I think that is one of the main components. One of the most important components about, um, a functional medicine practice is that, you know, I, I don't have this mentality when someone comes to see me that I know everything that they need to do and that I can fix every issue that they have. And, um, And I think that that's part of the issue with like our conventional medical system is that, you know, you hear these horror stories of people going to a doctor and the doctor telling them like, oh, well, you're doing this wrong and this is how you should do it. And I know I'm right because I'm the doctor, right? Like, because I went to to medical school, I know what's right. And this is certainly not to say that all doctors are like this because I know lots of doctors that are not like that at all. 
But you do hear these stories about this. And so I think that that's sort of like a trap of the conventional medical system, whereas in a functional medicine model, we are all really trained to be open to working with each other and referring to each other. And, you know, I know when I have a client that I'm like, I don't really know what to do with this particular aspect. I have people in my community that I call on and say, hey, you know, this person doesn't necessarily need an appointment with you, but can you help me out? And we even, we, you know, we tag team each other like that. And I think that that is something that's so important, just like a, just like a a client or a patient needs all these people on their team. We kind of need each other (laughs) to be on each Mm -hmm. other's teams. Mm -hmm. Definitely agree. (laughs) Well, and kind of like you were talking about, there's different um, protocols or different habits that work better for people and so when I see a client that comes in and we're about to start training and we've done our mobility work and we've done our warm-up but I can still see that their breathing pattern is really super tight even though I've rolled out you know all the tricks that I know I'm thinking ooh, there's something deeper there and then I'll ask them when's the last time you had body work have you have you had a massage you know do you work with essential oils trying to just offer them another option and mm-hmm. a lot of times you know the the body responds differently to different things so sure. sometimes they don't need exercise sometimes they need meditation mm-hmm. or sometimes they need you know trigger point therapy or sometimes they might just need um something else yeah. sometimes they just it's need to talk <laughs> yes that that can be so important a For big sure. part of the process Yeah, so Laura, um, as holistic practitioners, we believe that there are many steps, just like we're talking about here. There's so many steps to optimal health and well-being. Um, What are your top three? Um, Well, I actually have four. (laughs) (laughs) Perfect. That will work. Or or four things that I try to help educate my, my clients about for them to look at. Um, and to figure out those pieces of the puzzle for themselves. So I believe that we need four sources of nourishment to feel whole. And again, this is not, oh, once we get all these four pieces in place, we're going to be perfect and we're just going to run and it'll be great. Um, Again, it's a balancing act. So the first one would be mental nourishment. So we need things that stimulate our mind. So that's maybe reading a book, that may be painting, um, that may be having a great conversation with a grandchild. Um, But we need that as much as we need some of the other things in our lives. We need that mental nourishment. Um, And of course, I'm going to say physical. We need physical nourishment. And by that, I don't just mean the nutrition piece of it. I mean that we also need some sort of movement some sort of movement that brings us joy and is meaningful to us and that is, is sustainable? Is it something we can do over our lifetime or even over this chapter of our life? Like for right now, maybe that's gardening. Maybe in two years I'm going to take up bicycle riding. Um, and then, of course, the nutrition piece of that physical nourishment and, of course, hydration. Um, a lot of people forget about that part. Um, <laughs> So we've got mental nourishment, we've got physical nourishment, and then I would say emotional nourishment. So we can push really hard and be in the gym and driving ourselves and counting our calories and maybe we 
read a book about how to count more calories or <laughs> whatever it is we're doing. <laughs> but if we don't have that emotional connection, if we're not um, feeling connected to other people on a heart level, um, we're going to start to feel isolated and lonely and possibly burned out. So I feel like that's a, a key component of keeping ourselves balanced. And then the last one, um, there's no attachment here to any particular religion, but I just refer to it as spiritual nourishment. So again, that's going to look differently for every single person. Yeah. Um, some people may feel like they need to go to church twice a week, and that's what gives them that wholeness, that wholeness in their soul. They feel it good. For other people, that might be some sort of spiritual practice that they do at home. For other people, it might be combined with some other activity that they're already doing. I have a lot of people that say, like, when they garden or they're outdoors, that that's their church. Church of the open sky is what we talk about. So, again, feeling that greater connection to a power that is greater than us is what I refer to as that spiritual nourishment. And so, like I said, when we um, when we get kind of focused on one, and sometimes we do, we have to really focus on one to get good, get some mastery going. So we really get into our nutrition and we really get into our exercise maybe. And then all of a sudden we're like, ah, I feel, this is, I feel out of sorts. You may need to look to those other areas just to tap into those a little bit to get back to feeling more like yourself. Yeah. And I think it's important that, um, that you kind of noted that for each of those four things, it can mean a multitude of things. Like you said, physical and spiritual could both be combined in gardening or in running or in yoga or, you know, I mean, all of those things are um, kind of so intertwined. And I like that you talk about beginning with one kind of like the yarn with the knots on the table. Like maybe it's really easy for someone to start at a physical place and not so easy for them to start at an emotional space and once one of those becomes something that they've gotten really good at, it's easier to move on to the next because they are also interconnected. Mm -hmm. And I think the more you start diving into those areas with intention uh, and focus, you start to see them integrate on your own because I can go to Christmas and watch my great-grandchildren play with the gift that I gave them and I'm playing with them and that's everything that's physical I'm moving my body mm -hmm. that's mental I'm engaging my mind I'm trying to be creative with them that's emotional I'm connecting with their sweet little hearts that is spiritual to me because that is life those are little life filled beings that are energized and when I'm around them they give me that life energy they give me that joy and hopefulness that you may feel if you were in church or you were in a yoga practice yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, I think you start to naturally integrate it on your own. Um, so I think we have one last question for you before we have to start wrapping things up. Um, but we would like to know what is a favorite book of yours that you really like to recommend to your clients? Mm, yeah, there is um, a couple of them. Um, one of them is Nourishing Wisdom by Mark David. And he is the um, founder of the Institute for Psychology of Eating. And it's a great book for people that are, if they're looking for a piece of the puzzle, that's the nutrition piece, the, the physical piece, and they're trying to figure out what's going on with my body. This is a great way to help you reconnect that body and mind 
um, together about your nutrition. Um, I would say another one that, that I really like is, um, I like the one called The Power of Habit by Charles, I think his last name is Durig. Mm-hmm. And I like that one because it's a little bit of the psychology. It kind of tells me how I work or how most people's minds work, how to set yourself up to succeed because really we are a system of habits. Um, You know, we, whether we recognize them or not, we do a certain routine and rituals every single day. Mm -hmm. And so being able to kind of break those pieces apart and look at them, give you the ingredients of maybe how to implement some new habits in your life. So those are two of my favorite. I think uh, I know I sent a third one in my notes to Shauna. Can I phone a friend? Shauna, can you tell me what my third book was? <laughs> um, I believe you mentioned You Can Heal Your Life by Louise Hay. Oh, yes. How could I forget that one? I um, And again, that one's probably going to speak a little more to mindset mm-hmm. and also spirituality. And again, spirituality in a greater sense of, again, connecting with your creator and knowing that you are wonderfully and marvelously made. Um, and, and that one, like I said, it's, um, more mindset. It helps you take a different approach to how you treat yourself, your self-talk, which is another, I think, really big component in approaching our health care. Because if we are constantly saying to ourselves, you're broken, you're in pain, there's no solution. There's no way you're ever going to get out of this. You've created this horrible situation for yourself. You're, you're to this, you're not enough this, you should do that. I think that every one of those thoughts puts another burden and barrier on you to finding the solution. And so she's got a really beautiful book that talks about um, that inner dialogue that you can start creating with yourself that helps you feel a little bit of hope and a little bit of joy and possibilities start to open up to you. Absolutely. So last but certainly not least, we would love it if you would let our listeners know how they can reach you, um, email, what your social media handles are, and what your website is. Cool. I will keep it simple. So number one would be my website, which is www, and I'll spell out my name, Laura Wall, L-A-U-R-A-W-A-L-L dot U-S which stands for United States, but I also think us, like I'm working with you. (laughs) And then my handle on Instagram is at laurawall.us. So they'll be able to find me in both places. If they go to my website, they'll be able to connect and find my um, email address, which is coach at laurawall.us. But the website has everything and they can connect to me on social media there. Perfect. Awesome. Um, of course, I'm on Facebook, so they can definitely look for me on Facebook, Laura Wall. <laughs> awesome. Laura, thank you so much again, and you shared a lot of really great wisdom. Um, so thanks for sharing that with us and um, letting our listeners learn more about the importance of the coaches such as yourself for their health and their wellness journey. Thanks, everyone, for listening. And you can find us over on Instagram at Wellness Speaks Podcast as well as wellness-speaks.com. We would love to hear from you. Thanks.